What's going on, guys? Sorry to interrupt podcast here. It is Friday, but keep in mind we recorded this podcast on a Sunday. This is the Western Conference and the awards part of the NBA preview. Sean and I broke down every single division in the Western Conference. 5-1 to one gave you 8-1 to one seed playoff matchups, gave you the individual awards, and then we crowned our eventual NBA champion. I bet you can't guess who that is. So enjoy the podcast. We will be coming back at you next Monday with our regular Monday Rundown podcast. Um, enjoy the pod. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, Instagram at Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, of course, and shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com, and have a good night. What's up? It's time for the Western Conference edition of the Sorry to Interrupt NBA preview. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the East, and after today, you will know who who we have going to the finals and winning it all. All right, Tom, let's get into it, man. Just want to say for the probably 10th time on a Sunday night, we were recording all three of our podcasts on a Sunday night. This will be coming out on Friday. We have put in a good day's worth of work. Absolutely, but you know what? That's the grind, bro. We're just fucking working hard out here. We're bloggers, just grinding. Just having a great time. Bloggers and potters, baby. For for you listening out there. I would say blog boys. That's it. All right. It's time for the West. Um, We're going to start in the Pacific Division of this conference where the greatest team in possibly ever resides. The somehow... The Golden State Warriors have gotten even better, but we were going to go seeding just like we did in the East, starting with Five the worst team up to the number one team, which we know will be the Golden State Warriors. So we're, we know we'll be there, but the journey up, let's see if you we... sure I'm going to be in lockstep with you there? Uh, if you're not, just get off the podcast. All right, so starting with number five, it's the Sacramento Kings for me. God, this team is just so poorly run, and they are just an albatross out there. Like they, they can't do anything. Like they're not, they're not well run. Constant turnover in ownership and general managers and coaches alike. They have talent. Like you look up and down their roster, you know I'm a De'Aaron Fox guy. They have guys who you would you would assume would make a team competitive and pretty good. They went through that crazy situation with Demarcus Cousins a year and a half ago. Moved on from that. That was a toxic environment. I don't know. Do do they have guys that are going to take that next step and and make them anywhere? I mean, this Western no Conference chance. is so deep. So. No chance. This division is a lot different from the East, although I don't think it would make much of a difference. I think they'd be bad in the East, too. I think they're going to be competing with the Atlanta Hawks for a number one pick this year. But you know they'll botch. Uh, yeah, they probably will. They'll probably be drafting fifth this year do somehow. Do you think for me... Like for me is I think that they draft actually the right players, but they go into a situation where they have basically no chance of of progressing. Do you think think they draft the wrong players, or is it really just once they get there, they're not equipped to win or kind of take that next step in their development? They should have taken Luka. They should have taken Luka, and I just think they draft the wrong players, to be honest. Although I wrote in the notes, and this is pretty much all I wrote about them, aside from the fact that they will be probably the worst team in the league or in the top three of the worst team in the league, 
I think Bagley has a rookie of the year type year just because off sheer numbers, he's probably the best player on the team. And Fox has a really big second year. That's going to be a fun pick and roll. But aside from that, there's not much else to say about them. Why don't we move on to number four? Yeah, that sounds good to me. And amazingly, we, we spent a couple of minutes on the Kings. That's hard to do. All right, next for me is the Phoenix Suns. Um, okay, we're in disagreement here. Okay, that's cool. Uh, can't wait to hear your take. Real quick, I'm just going to say my piece, uh, DeAndre Hayden's going to be so freaking good. And they have some really nice pieces. Devin Booker, obviously awesome. But I don't think that team's that team was really bad last year for a reason. I think DeAndre Ayton's going to find a little bit of a growing pain. I think that the first bit of the season is going to be kind of tough for him. Uh, but by it's all said and done, he could win Rookie of the Year. Uh, Booker's a really good player. They're going to score. They didn't really have trouble scoring last year. They just play no defense. I want to see what that evolution of that team does. But for me, I don't think that they're better than the Clippers. And I don't think that they're better than the Lakers and the Warriors. So for me, they're four. Of course, they're not better than the Lakers and the Warriors. But I do think they're better than the Los Angeles Clippers. Jerry Russ is playing the long run on here, although he is a little old. They are going to be rebuilding. I don't think the Clippers are the ones who get Jimmy Butler. They had two first-round draft picks this year, very interesting picks, one out of Boston College. I forgot uh, the other one out of the University of Kentucky. Interesting picks. Um, I do not think they're getting Jimmy Butler. They have a talented team, but not nearly as talented as any of the other teams in the conference and, and in the division aside from the Sacramento Kings with Tobias Harris, a few other guys out there. I just think that they're going to rebuild this year and look to get a top you know, seven draft pick. Moving on to the Phoenix Suns, who I'm a lot more high on than you. You mentioned defense. With DeAndre Ayton, Miles Bridges, who I don't know if you remember, but he was traded with Philly, and Josh Jackson, along with the signing of Trevor Ariza, who is a big-time defender in his own right and will mentor these young outside perimeter defenders in Josh Jackson and Miles Bridges. I think they're going to be a lot better defensively this year, and I think the pick and roll between DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker is going to be a lot of fun. Josh Jackson can shoot the three, handle the rock a little bit. He's tremendously athletic. Miles Bridges is, in my opinion, the second most NBA-ready player to come out of the draft this year, right behind the other Bridges in whatever. Mikel? No, yeah, whatever. I'm getting them confused, <laughs> but whatever. The guy on the on the um, on the Hornets. So I think that this team is full of young talent and that they're going to finish third. I don't think they're going to make a playoff run this year, but I think that they're going to be better coached and I think they're going to win a lot more games this year. And I think Trevor Ariza has a lot to do with that. I think he's a big time signing and he's really going to mentor these guys. And T.J. Warren, keep an eye on him. He's a guy that can fill it up. Yeah, he was really good at North Carolina State. Yeah, for me is I, the reason I like the Clippers at three is I love what Jerry West doesn't, and I don't question the Jerry moves. West doesn't coach the I, team. Though. I understand that, but I also understand that I don't question moves that he makes in the draft, in trades, or in free agency. I think unless the they be good turn in out four years, right? And 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 unless they turn out you know, in a couple years from now is bust. But until then, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, as I do with a Danny Ainge, what I do with, you know, a lot of those really great GMs who have a history of turning teams around. I thought that they really fleeced the freaking Detroit Pistons last year. And I think that was a t- culture change. DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Jordan's gone now too. And I thought he was a guy that stunted a lot of their, a lot of their growth. I, I didn't like the way that they played with him. I thought that he was a guy that was really an issue as far as, you know, being able to spread the ball around. Dallas finally got him, I think, a couple of years too late. 
And I think that with a couple of their draft picks, they're actually going to be better than people think. Like I said, for me, is it's not really riding so high on them. I just don't think the Suns are ready yet. Okay. I think they're going to have growing pains. I do think Aiton's going to be really good, and he's going to show by the end of the season why he was deserving of the number one pick. But I think it's going to take him a little bit getting acculturated into the NBA, playing the rigors of an NBA season, getting the abuse from playing down low with a lot of other really physical guys. That's the only reason to me. But there, I think if you go forward, I think when you look at this division and the Western Conference as a whole, I believe that the Suns have a lot higher upside than that of the Los Angeles Clippers, unless a crazy trade or free agent signing with Jimmy Butler or anybody else yeah. alters that change. Absolutely. The reason why I think Phoenix is higher is just because I think games that they were losing 131 to 120. That's not going to happen as often this year, and I think it's they're going to win more games than the Clippers. They're going to be fun to watch. I hope they get some of those late NBA Friday night games. Defensively, with Aiton as a defensive anchor, blocking shots, and Bridges on, and Jackson and Trevor Ariza being big-time perimeter defenders, one, some that's probably going to be one of the most stifling perimeter defenses in the league. They're going to win a few more games, especially with Devin Booker going into another big-time year. Moving on to number two, I think we're going to be in agreement here. It is the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think – I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know you're just <laughs> kidding. That was a really good one. But they made a big free agent signing this year, a guy by the name of LeBron James. Ever Never heard, heard of him. <laughs> I really, really like this team. I think they're going to do a lot better is than he what any good? people expect. He's pretty good. He's going to be in Space Jam. Uh, enjoy that movie. I'll pass. They got a young core of Lonzo Ball, Brand, who's coming back from an injury. His dad seems to, maybe they sent him to, maybe they kept him over there in Lithuania. I don't know, but I haven't heard from him in a while. He's really focused on that uh, on that him? JBL. Not at all. Um, uh, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart. Those guys combined with the one-year guys, as I like to call them, being one of my favorite players, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, JaVel McGee. Those, I think this team is going to really put it together this year, and they're going to be a lot better than what teams expect. I think everybody expects them to be like a seven seed this year and to coast. I think they're going to be a little bit better this year, and I just don't think LeBron's going to settle as long as he's playing this season for a seven seed. I will say, if they get off to a slow start, Luke Walton will be fired. Yeah, I agree with you because, first of all, if I'm coaching a team that just got LeBron James – I am not sleeping easily because I know that the pressure is red hot. And if he yep. doesn't like the way that I coach, I, I have a very short uh, shelf life there. Yeah, I like everything that you said, and, and I agree with you. They seem to have a really nice mix of young players. The only question I have with that is LeBron James really doesn't love young players, which is why I think those one-year guys that they brought in— He seems in, to be having a lot of fun this year in preseason. Yeah, maybe I, he's I, turned the page on I, that. I, I, I'll believe it when I see it come meaningful games. You know, like Maybe he wants to coach these guys up. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. I, I, I will, once again, I'll believe that when I see that. But for right now— you have the best player in the world on the team. He's not settling for a seven seed. This team is a lot more talented than any of the last few Cleveland teams that he's dragged to first in the East, which is about number four or three in the but West. they're in the West. Right. But I still think that they're going to be fine. I think Kuzma's a really good player. He's going to get better. Lonzo's going to be better, especially with having the pressure off of him and having a LeBron James. That's going to help him immensely. Rajen Rondo to help him out. You know, Rondo played really well in New Orleans, and I think that LeBron and, and, and Magic Johnson saw that, and he would be a good fit. JaVale McGee, kind of a head case, but I think he kind of got his shit together when he was winning out in Golden State. 
he'll bring that down with him to uh, to Los Angeles. And then also you look at a um, you look at a Lance Stevenson, defensive guy. You know he can he can make occasionally plays. get sh- get hot and, and hit some big shots, make plays. Whatever weirdness has happened with him and LeBron in the past, I think obviously they're over that now. And yeah, I mean they have guys. I like Josh Hart a lot too, by the way. I think he's a really nice player. Ingram, you haven't mentioned him. Well, give me a chance. I almost said Evan Ingram because that's what I'm thinking, Uh (laughs) which is bad that I'm on football still. But but no, I I think Ingram's such a good player. Brandon Ingram is a superstar player talent-wise. If he can tap into that potential and be even more consistent and just take that next step, LeBron will have his his next favorite player on that team. I don't think they're ready to really elevate to that next level. I don't even think they're going to be playing in the Western Conference Finals, but they're going to uh, they're going to be one of the hottest destinations for Kawhi Leonard, for Jimmy Butler, for anybody. You know, any of those top free agents. How can you not want to go play with LeBron? So, to me, they're the second best team in this division, which will segue us into the Golden State Warriors, which somehow Let got just even say, better. There is one way that this can go bad with the Lakers. And that is if these one-year contract guys, the guys we mentioned earlier, JaVale McGee, not really McGee, but more Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo, if those guys aren't willing to be more mentors and they're trying to get their next contract and they're getting upset because guys like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma are playing big-time minutes over them, that's that team's going to fall apart and they may end up being a lower seed and LeBron may be pissed off. Possibly. And Luke Walton may get fired, but I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening either. And also, dude, even if they fall off a little bit, they're so much better than the Kings, they're so much better than the Clippers, and they're much better than the Suns. So I don't worry about that. You know, this is semantics. They're definitely the second best team in this division, which is what we're talking about right now. But moving on. Moving on. I mean, the, somehow the Golden State Warriors got even better. Exactly. They got they got DeMarcus Cousins coming in there on a deal where he will only be there one year because he wants to play for his next – he wants a max deal, and you can't blame him. He suffered a brutal Achilles injury. Those but, are hard to come back from, but he's ready. You saw all of his offseason training. Supposedly, he may be back even earlier, I think right around Christmas I was going to say, I think he's going to be back around New Year's. And, and if he never, is, what a – oh, my God. There's never been a better situation for a team that can – not even tread water, but a team that can be the best team in the league before he comes on. And he's bringing something to this team that they have never had before. Centers like Zaza Pachulia, JaVel McGee. They have Andre Iguodala playing center sometimes. Draymond Green when they need him to play center. He's a guy that you can dump the ball to and he can get you a bucket every single time. When you get in a pick and roll situation where Stephon Curry gets the big man on him and he's got a small guy on him, Steph doesn't have to chuck up those 30-footers or dance all over the big guy for 10 seconds. Steph can take a rest and just dump it down to Boogie when he bangs on like a little guy that's 6'5 that can't even contain him at all. Not to mention the blocks, and he can shoot the three and make plays. He's the best center in basketball, and he's been the best center in basketball for the last four or five years. And now he's on the fucking Golden State Warriors. It's insane. We don't have to say much about this team. Like the bad teams, you know they're going to be bad, like a la the Sacramento Kings. This team's going to be great. They don't have to go for 73 wins again, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I wouldn't either. And and the other thing, too, is I give – because you get super teams, right? But it really depends, like – on the makeup of that team and 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 what the ego situation is and you know say what you want about Durant but he obviously has no ego if he wanted to go over there and win Steph has no ego Clay has no ego Draymond is just loves being who he is 
And now you are adding a guy who has had a lot of questions about his character and his, you know, him being a teammate and him being, you know, all there mentally and his temperament. And now you're putting him in the best situation imaginable in the entire league. Steve Kerr has cultivated a situation out there that's second to none. Players love going out there. He's had success with some head cases. He's had some success with guys that have kind of faltered in their NBA careers. He knows his role. He knows that if he can just be healthy and add that next next dimension, as you alluded to, to a team that's already loaded, he's going to play himself into a big-time deal the following year. The Warriors will benefit from it. He'll benefit from it. And I can't wait till around January or February when he comes back at full strength and you have that starting line. Like If you had an NBA dream team, like you were just picking players for position, Literally, that's what the Warriors are. Yeah, it's absolutely. insane. So, so from there, I want to move into the Southwestern Division, and I'm going to lead off by saying that the Memphis Grizzlies are the worst team in this division. Thank you. Uh, I, I give them credit for for always being kind of a stable organization. You know, a lot of those years they were probably the least sexy and fun team to watch play, but they always got the job done. They're also an aging franchise. And they're an Mike aging Conley franchise. You know, Mike Conley, they had to pay him. The, and, you know, it, it's a tough situation for them. Mike Conley gets never made an all-star team, gets paid the richest contract in of NBA any history. point guard, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're right, any player. And Marcus All plays in, in, in a, a an antiquated style of basketball that doesn't really fit these days. So... I mean, they have a lot of work to do, but, you know, for them, it's finding their new head coach, try to rebuild, continue to go through the draft. They're going to lose plenty of games in this Western Conference, Um, but we'll we'll see what they do. But as as far as I'm concerned, they're by far the fifth and worst team in this division. Yes, Josh Jackson. One of the worst teams in the NBA. Josh Jackson is going to be a fun player to watch, but aside from that, this is just an aging team that is going to be in the top five for the NBA lottery as well. Moving on to my number four team, I have the Dallas Mavericks. You already mentioned it. Dirk is just enjoying himself. He got that ring in 2011. Great for him, man. All-time great foreign oh, yeah. player. All-time great player, period. He's just going to rise up on the scoring list. It's going to be like 15 minutes a game. It'll be fun to watch him play. Got DeAndre Jordan a little late, as you said. Two things that I'm focused on this year. They will be making a run for that eight seed, I believe, late into the season. And it's because of Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. And Luka Doncic is your boy. You love him. I'm huge on Luka Doncic. I just think this guy can do it all. He's going to be one of the best young players in the league. He's going to be an all-NBA player in three to four years really quick. It's going to creep up on you. This guy's a dog. He played in the highest professional league in the second-best basketball league in the world, and he was playing with grown-ass men, and he won the MVP of that league, and he also won them the championship. I don't think he's going to have a hard time converting that into the NBA. I think he's going to be great. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Smith has a good second year. Yeah, Smith is so athletic. He's so fun to watch. I mean, he burst upon the scene last year, kind of fizzled out towards the end. I know he was hurt a little bit too, but he's a fun player to watch, and I think pairing him with Donkic is going to be a really good building block foundation for this Dallas Mavericks organization as they build them their way back up. I didn't really understand the DeAndre Jordan signing. I, I, I wonder if this Money was... Money to spend. Yeah, I wonder if this was one of those, like, 
I'm just surprised that he even got over it because that whole situation in 2015 where, like, he wasn't returning Mark Cuban's calls, I thought that would have, you know, buried the hatches there for any chance of him coming back, of him signing there. But I guess, you know, it was a good situation for both players at hand. He got a one-year deal. He got to go to Dallas. Dallas needed a center, so yeah, they got him. Yeah, he's from there. Yeah, he's from there, so I think it made sense. Um, at least they'll get some highlight reels out of them for sure. Some blocks. Too. Yeah, Dirk is always a good story. But, yeah, this team isn't great. But I could see them finishing around, you know, the ninth or 10th spot in the West. And, and if all things go right, probably eight. Yep. You just look to build up. I think Doncic has a rookie of the year type year yes. uh, for sure. Like everything that you said, man, like how can you knock everything that he's done in his career at only at the age in which he's he's I think been? he's 18, bro. He's 18. Scary. Yeah, I mean, he was winning at 16 in that league. So it's, over there in the Spanish league. That is going to go down, and maybe I'll do an article on it on SorrySports.com of one of, as one of the worst trades. Well, you plugged it, so now you might as well. <laughs> that is going to go down as one of the worst trades, not only in basketball, but in sports history of the 21st century. It, yeah, very well could be. I mean... Babe Ruth for, for money for a play? Is yeah. Is it that much? It could, could be. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm sure that Broadway play was a hit. Um, Moving on next to the New Orleans Pelicans. There we are. my third team. Same Listen, here. They had a really nice run there with, with Rondo and uh, and Boogie Cousins helping out Anthony Davis, but neither of those guys are there now. And this is the Anthony Davis show again, which means that it's going to be he's going to do everything he can on the basketball court, but the rest of that supporting cast is not great. Drew Holiday is really good, though. I do like him a lot. He was an All-NBA player, and listen, if you don't remember, the New Orleans, Horn- the New Orleans Pelicans, excuse me, were, went on a run after Boogie Cousins got hurt because Anthony Davis got to play his true position of power forward yeah, and, and they play, got to play spread basketball. I think Miritich has a good year. Drew Holiday has a big time year. And keep in mind, they signed a guy who I think is really going to prove himself as a, a lottery pick by the Los Angeles Lakers in Julius Randle. I think he's going to be a problem on both sides of the ball. That's why I have this team ranked third, and I definitely have them going to the playoffs. Oh, I have them in the playoffs too. I mean, they wiped the floor with the Portland Trailblazers last year in the postseason um, before just getting worked Side by Side note Golden on Anthony State. Davis, Kyrie Irving is already campaigning for oh, him to Oh, my come God. I mean... If he goes to Boston, just forget about it. Boston. If he goes There's to Boston, there's your next Golden State Warriors. They're, they're, they'll be better than the Golden State yeah, Warriors, yeah, and that's, that's crazy to that say. That is crazy to say. But, but for now, he's in New Orleans. They do have some really nice pieces on that team. They're a hell of a lot better than the Grizzlies and and the uh, and the Mavericks. So for me, is they're the third. Going next, I have the San Antonio Spurs. Same here. They're they're always going to be good. I know they lost uh, Kawhi Leonard. But they did get DeMar DeRozan, who's a really nice player, and he actually... They will... didn't lose Kawhi Leonard because he didn't play last year, true. and they still made the playoffs. True, so true, if true. you insert I mean, a top 15 player onto that team, yep. a Greg Popovich coach team, who I think can bring the best out of DeMar DeRozan, that and team I, is going to be a force to be And I think Lonnie Walker was a really good draft pick Absolutely. for them. The steal of the draft is what I believe you mentioned. Dad. Yes, I think he is the steal of the draft, and I think LaMarcus Aldridge has another NBA all-star type season. DeJounte Murray steps up this year, has an even better season. That's another sleeper guy to keep an eye on. Lonnie Walker, you just said it. Steal of the draft, in my opinion. I think on a San Antonio Spurs team, you say it every year, it's just like the Golden State Warriors, just like the New England Patriots. This guy was an absolute steal, and I th- I don't think he can be put in a, in a better position. And another guy that nobody knows about who got drafted late in the first round was Derek Wright out of Colorado. 
Yeah, that yeah, guy can right. score, and I yep. think he's going to be a big-time player for them as well. Two other guys to mention, Pau Gasol on his last legs can still shoot, can still pass out of the post, and Rudy Gay. Last year he had an Achilles injury. We'll see he, how he comes back off of that one. Last thing I have in my notes is that Greg Popovich actually coaches the San Antonio Spurs, and he's <laughs> a pretty good coach. So I think that they're, bit. they're definitely going to be in the playoffs this year, and they may ri- make a deep run. I would not be surprised. Listen, they're one of those teams that you can't be surprised about, right, given their pedigree and the head coaching of, of Greg Popovich, who you're right, is still the head, the head coach of that team. They're so they're always going to be prepared. And think about how many, how much adversity and many problems that they had last year, and they still were a postseason team. It's crazy. You gotta love everything about them. I think DeRozan is really good for them. I think he does fit that team. He actually will. He'll produce, and he's not gonna, you know, have an issue with that organization. It's hard to. I mean, it seems like everybody that they bring in just fits that team. I kind of equate them to like the to the to the Belichick Pats. You know, they know exactly what they're doing draft wise. They know what kind of player they want to have in that organization and on that team. So I like them a lot. I, I definitely think that they're going to be in the upper echelon of the Western Conference postseason seeding, and they're going to make a run. I can't imagine, especially if they're healthy, them just laying down and dying early on. Finally, going on to the Houston Rockets. Number like, one team, I think Melo, I wrote down, if Melo's willing to take on the new Melo role, which I think he will be because he's with his buddies out there, James Harden and Chris Paul, I think that he is going to make a huge impact on this team. Trading Trevor Ariza for Carmelo Anthony, you make a massive sacrifice defensively. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. But, I mean, they didn't actually trade them, but they basically did. They're sw- they essentially swapped them, yeah. Yes. I think Melo is a much better offensive player. Trevor Ariza is a corner three kind of guy. Melo can still fill it up, and he's still going to have those nights where he drops 30, just not nearly as often as he did with the Denver Nuggets when he was a top 10 player in the NBA and the New York Knicks when he was an incredibly overrated player in the NBA. <laughs> um, Chris Paul, that's the biggest question mark on this team. The reason why they didn't go to the NBA Finals and I think eventually win the NBA Finals is because Chris Paul hurt his hamstring and they blew a 3-1 to lead against the Golden State Warriors. I think that this year you see a little bit less of Chris Paul and I think they try and keep him healthy for the playoff extended run, but I still think they get a two seed because they have the MVP, the reigning MVP of the league on this team, James Harden. I think he gets even better this year, and I just trust Daryl Morey. I think he's going to find a bunch of guys off the scrap heap that can play defense. This analytically driven team will figure it out, and I think they end up being one of the top three seeds in the Western Conference. Agree with you on your finish, but a couple of of points that I that I want to bring up and, and see, you know, kind of go back and forth with you on. Um, you know, Chris Paul, definitely the injury hurt, but I'm not going to say that that if he was healthy. I'm not one of the people in the camp of saying if he was healthy, they would have won. Chris Paul has had some duds in the postseason in winner-take-all games and when the pressure has been on I him. agree with you, but do you mean to tell me that Chris Paul and James Harden couldn't win one of those games? Just one? I don't know. I'm not going to I don't know either, because but Because of them playing the Warriors... I'm not. If it was anybody else, I would have said, yeah, probably. But are you telling me that you wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors rattled off three in a row anyway? No, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. So that's kind of where I was. Like, I, I definitely am, am understanding of the fact that hurt their chances. There's no doubt about that. My but- point is, is that they're going to try and keep Chris Paul healthy this year. They're going to try and keep his minutes down. Keep in mind, Eric Gordon on any other team would be a great starter. I like Eric Gordon have. a lot. Yep. They got off and of PJ that. And PJ Tucker's good too. They got uh, absolutely. They, he's a very versatile player, and they got off of that terrible, 
terrible contract of Ryan Anderson, who was a, a literally an anchor, just dragging them down. Not a good anchor like some of these other guys, just dragging them down, literally sitting on the bench in a suit. Well, I will say this. As a figurative anchor, I am going to go on to your Clint former Capella's boy, home. yeah, Carmelo Anthony. Now, here's where I really don't love the Carmelo situation in Houston. I know he's with his friends, and, and he might take a diminished role because he knows People that that's— People like to say Olympic mellow. Right, which is a great saying. Um, but here's my thing with him, all right? He plays no defense, he doesn't rebound, and he really only does at this point in his career one thing well, which is perimeter inside shooting, okay? Now, he will have those nights, as you alluded to, of putting up 30 and and just get hot. But he's going to have a lot of games where he is just a liability because he's missing everything. You saw plenty of that towards the tail end of his Knicks career and what he was doing in Oklahoma City, which, you know, tell me for what it's worth, but if you can't kind of find a rhythm being able to make shots when when Russell Westbrook's getting you the ball and and Paul George as well. Russell don't Paul George getting you the ball. Let's Russell Westbrook gives you the ball with 3 seconds left in the but, at the but top that's of the a key. But, but like listen, figure something but, out. No, but listen, Melo, if you get him in a catch and shoot is usually where he's at his best. And he wasn't that great last year. I don't think it was a good environment. You saw it with Victor. I don't Olympico think it was a great well. environment either. But I still think he should have been better than what he was. And oh, I think, uh, agree, and, and I think, agree. you know, because he doesn't play defense, I think the loss of Trevor Ariza was big. I, I know Trevor Ariza is his best days are behind him, but I think he did a lot for that team. And not having him anymore is going to do is is going to cause a little bit of a problem because if Melo does fit into that situation where he's not making shots and he's not playing like Olympic Melo that's a real issue cuz he can't do anything else so that's my concern with him i'm not going to i'm not foreshadowing that just that's what's going to happen just to talk you off the ledge a little bit with, with I'm not talking my off the guy ledge. Mello. i'm just telling you how Chris Paul and James Harden are two of the best playmakers in the nba Agreed. Russell Westbrook i would not put in the category of a playmaker i think he's going to get a lot more high percentage to put it to you that way open jump shots well, he he's better going hit to him. drill you better hit him i mean he's going to be have a lot better my, but that's my concern is if he is hitting those, then you're still losing everything on defense. And if he's not hitting those, he's not doing anything else on the floor for you, which is has to be a point of concern if you're the Houston Rockets. But this is his last real chance. He's I also mean, with his boy D'Antoni. Uh, yeah, I know. It'll be interesting to see how that works, uh, Mike D'Antoni out there. So, I mean, listen, they were a game away from, from – representing the Western Conference in the NBA Finals last year. That team is loaded. They have the MVP in James Harden. They have Chris Paul, who's one of the best point guards of all time. I think that they have enough, and they should be the two again. They're definitely the best team in this division. Uh, but they do have some questions that that are a valid concern, in my opinion, that I would like to see the way it works out over the course of the regular season. Moving on to the final division here in the West is the Northwest Division. I'm going to start off my number five team is going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Same They're here. going to have no Jimmy Butler at some point, and if they do have Jimmy Butler, it's a disgruntled Jimmy Butler. He doesn't want to be there. Thibodeau is being stubborn. He's at a crossroads with the owner who wants Butler traded for about Tim's anything. That's what I have written down here. <laughs> Very hot seat. I think this coach GM thing after um, the president of basketball operations in Van Gundy in Detroit 
and Thibodeau are gone, it will never happen again. It'll I just never don't happen think again. it'll work. It Doc work. Rivers, it didn't work out with. I mean, come on. What, did it work out with Red Auerbach? What, who else did it really work yeah, out with? Yeah, in the with? 60s and 70s. I mean, honestly, the biggest thing for me is Carl Anthony Towns got this mega deal, right? There's questions about him being more than just a stat filler. Andrew Wiggins has not done anything to live up to the hype that he was as the number one yes. pick. And the rest of the team... I mean, Jimmy Butler dragged that team to the postseason last year. If it wasn't for him, that was one of the worst teams in the in the Western Conference, maybe in the NBA. So without Jimmy Butler or with a disgruntled Jimmy Butler, either way, you're not getting the best that he has to play. He doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. People know he doesn't want to be there. If he doesn't put up the numbers he wants, you know, you you would be accustomed to seeing. Nobody's going to really worry about that. They're going to find a way to move him in their hope you know, especially in the owner's case, sooner rather than later. But that's not a very good team. I'm, I think you're in agreement with me, correct? Absolutely. That is not a very good team at all. I do have a few notes on them. I think Carl Anthony Towns has a huge year numbers-wise. I think he's an all-star starter this year, believe yeah. it or not. Yep. Um, Wiggins, same old crap. I don't think he takes any steps forward, does any better. A guy to watch off the bench, though, out of Creighton from last year who was hurt. Kind of a mini Carl Anthony Towns is Justin Patton. I think this guy has a big-time year, and he's just a guy to keep an eye on. Maybe if you have a league pass and you're watching the T-Wolves, watch this guy play. He's going to be really good. Another thing, I think Jeff Teague's off this team by the end of the year. Moving on to the number four team I have is the Portland Trailblazers. Me too. They're running it back, basically, minus Ed Davis. They really don't um, have anything new. And Shabazz Napier, they lost too. Anything new aside from that. Um I think that the C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard era is... This is the last year of it, even if it lasts this year. I don't year. think it will. I think one of the two of them gets traded. I'm leaning towards Dame Lillard just because I think he wants to be in more of a big market. And I also think that he's obviously closer to his contract being done. They have a couple other names out there. Um, Joseph Nurkic, who is... Sometimes confused with Jokic, not nearly as good, but still a good player nonetheless. But I just don't think this team has much else going on, and I do not think they have the same run that they did last year. And remember, they got their asses handed. I was to just going to say their Orleans. run really didn't last. I long. was talking about the regular yeah, season, of course. But yeah, well, you I, were singing their praises during the regular season last year. In the beginning of our pod, you were saying, "Hey, they're they're a good team. They've been so hot. They've won a lot of games." All but then of which I was said true. the Hornets were were a problem for them. Pelicans, just, uh, whatever. The Pelicans were a problem for them. Just one of the, the New Orleans franchises. Yeah, whatever their name is. Just for uh, just for the matchup point of view, and I, I mean that was completely true because. They just cannot defend. Nurkic is not a very good defender. He's more of an offensive player. And they really don't have much going. And these guards can't defend either. No, they can't. They're they're offensive guys. And and they're McCollum and, and Lillard have made their opinions heard that they were not happy with their course of, of action and during free agency. Losing at Davis, you know, for NBA guys He's not a stat filler, but he is a he's one of those guys that helps make a team better. I not was so only, happy that the Nets got him. Yeah, not only losing Ed Davis, but just not doing anything. Really. Right, and they lost Shabazz Napier, who had the his Pat career Connington year last too, year. Who's on Milwaukee now? Yep, who's a guy that can shoot, also so super they, they, athletic. They just subtracted. So I just think that they're going to be better than the Wolves, especially once the Wolves break down and trade Jimmy Butler. But I they're not a the Blazers are not a playoff team for I the first think time that in a the while. The Portland Trailblazers are going to be what the Phoenix Suns were last. 
last year in the sense that they're going to be losing a lot of games 130 yeah. to 120. Yeah, I could see that too. For me, the next team, I'm going to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Same here, bro. Um, You know that I like what Russell Westbrook a lot more than you do and a lot more than a lot of people do. It's not that I don't like Russell Westbrook. I think he's an all-time great player. I just don't think he's an all-time great teammate. And I just don't think that you can win with a guy that is going to take... 90% of the team shots, whether they're low percentage, high percentage, and not get his teammates involved into a rhythm. He is not a true point guard. He doesn't care about a rhythm. And then when it's when Russell's being triple teamed and he gives it to Paul George, who hasn't shot in seven possessions, or whoever else may be on that team, it's really difficult for them to get into a rhythm. Yeah, I agree. I think Paul George has another big year offensively and defensively. He's going to settle in there with that new contract. You know, you know, I think that um, he wanted to go to the Lakers, but there was a lot of tampering involved, and Adam Silver probably shut that down real quick. Bench's defense, but the thing that's really going to hinder them and why they're not going to be ahead of Denver or Utah, who we have left, Robertson's out, and he's out for a while. Yeah, so. that worried me a lot, too. And, yeah, and, and that team changed a lot when Robertson was gone. Listen, I know the guy airballs free throws, but he's a decent three-point shooter, and he is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Yeah, I was just going to say, his he adds defense you know that no that the rest of that I think he feeds off and the rest of the team feeds off of his defense rather um when he's out there the other guy too you know I love Steven Adams I really do I think he's such a good player mm-hmm. um out of Pittsburgh and he's carved him, uh, himself out a really nice career out in Oklahoma City yeah I mean to me that team's better than the other two that we mentioned but they're not nearly as good as the Nuggets and the um the Nuggets and the uh, Jazz no, the Nuggets oh, and the Jazz. Me, yes, yes. Yeah, so so for me, I mean, we're in agreement with that. Not really much else to say. They're going to get a lot of you know NBA primetime games because of the star power power yep. of of a of PG a PG and a, Russell. and a Russell. So so moving on next for me, I don't know about you. I'm interested to see how we meet here. But for me, I'm going with the Denver Nuggets at two. Same here. We are uh, okay. Cool. I mean, breakout I, year for their backcourt. I think Murray and the guy Harris out of Michigan are going to have they a huge are year a together. Really good team. Perfect to pair. Watch. And Jamal Jokic, Murray is huge out of that draft. No, I was is. high on him when he got drafted. A hundred percent. And Jokic is a stud. I mean, he is such a good player. He got player. that big deal, and I think he's going to be great for that team for years to come. Paul Millsap healthy this year. Last year he was hurt for a majority of the season. Such a solid player. Solid player, great passer, really good defender. They have a good bench as well. Isaiah Thomas coming I off the bench. I just was going to say that. I think that was the perfect landing spot for Will him. Will Barton as well. Keep him in mind. And I think another good good thing that they have going on is they have Michael Porter sitting out this year. It's a good team for him to sit out on. This is another guy where I said it earlier. I might have said it on the last pod. A red shirt year for Michael Porter may be the best thing for him, and they could be seeing themselves as a top three seed when these Warriors break up in the next couple of years with Michael Porter leading this team as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this is a really good team. Michael Porter or not, let him sit, let him learn. He's in a really good situation. I do believe that Isaiah Thomas is going to have a big year off the bench, and he might even find his way into the starting role here or there, depending on the matchups. He can shoot, and he can play offense, and he's going to spread the ball around. That's exactly what he does, and Denver has just so many options in their backcourt, as you alluded to. Yeah, I sign me up for them. They're, they're going to make some noise in the Western Conference when it's all said and done, which leads us into number one, the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell. Only amazing. gets better. Amazing. Only gets better. Amazing He'll make an player. all-star team and this year. And they have so many guys around him, so too. So much depth. 
I mean, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Look at what they did in the postseason last year. Yeah, they, no, they, they were incredible. Great defensive team, especially with Rudy, Rudy Gobert, Gobert back fully healthy. Derek Favors is a very underrated player as well. Resigned he can shoot with the them. three post up. This team is great, and the thing that really makes them separates them from the rest of this division is their head coach. Agreed. Yeah, they have one of the Snyder best head coaches. is one of the best head coaches and in remember basketball. Remember too, is they were the three seed last year. Yeah, and they made a lot of noise in the playoffs. They were definitely a great team, and you know they seem to have not missed a beat without having Gordon Hayward out there. No, they they are doing just fine. So, yeah, I mean for me they're definitely there. So now, sir, it is time to rank our Western Conference. So let's go uh, eight up to one. Los Angeles Clippers for me are number eight. They're sneaking into the postseason. Um, I just trust Jerry West, man. I really do, and 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 Doc too. Um, I think they're going to have enough talent to squeak into the postseason. I don't think they're going to make any semblance of noise. Shit, they might get swept by the Warriors. But I do think they're going to get in there, um, just given the rest of the conference. Um, number seven, I'm going with the Oklahoma City Thunder. There's not a postseason that I could see without Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I think they got to get in. I mean, I, I, I don't think they're going to do anything in there. I think they do have too many issues, but, but they're enough in a regular season to be one of the eight best teams in the Western Conference. At number six, I'm going with the Los Angeles Lakers. They're going to have growing pains. I do believe that. I would not be surprised if they land at six, but end up deeper into the postseason. It's playoff LeBron James. I am just questioning how some of those other moves that they made are going to fit and how everything's going to work out there. I don't know if LeBron will lose patience with some of the young guys. I don't know if they sell some of them off to get more seasoned veterans who he would prefer to play with. There's just too many confusions for me. One thing I do know is LeBron's going to have an incredible year and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. At number five, for me, I have the Denver Nuggets. They were in the postseason last year. I like them a lot. They they are a really good team. They have everything that you could possibly want from the backcourt situation. As I said, I think Isaiah Thomas is going to add another dimension to them off the bench and firepower late. And Jokic is just an is just a menace of a ma- he's a matchup nightmare. There's really not else you can say from that, especially now that he has his max deal. He's going to be playing even better. At number four, I'm going with the San Antonio Spurs. Now, they're an older team. I get that. But I think Lonnie Walker is going to be that good for them. I really do. And it's Popovich. And he can make something out of anything. You know, I mean, to, to me, there's certain things in sports I don't doubt until there's reasons to. I'm never going against the Patriots, and I'm never going against the Spurs. So I'm going to just say that because they are more, quote-unquote, Sean's, quote, Mm battle-tested, they know how to get there. They know how to win. They have the personnel to do it. Um, so put them there at number three, they're going to, it's going to be three through one, the same way it was last year. Utah jazz for me at number three, Donovan Mitchell somehow will get better. He is incredible. NBA's next big superstar. And with Rudy Gobert, with Ricky Rubio, you got a taste for what they did in the postseason last year, wreaking a lot of havoc, knocking off the thunder. I think they're going to be able to do a lot of that again. They're going to win a lot of games in this Western Conference just because they're posing a lot of issues for teams. At number two, it's the Houston Rockets. I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were last year. I do know that they have the MVP in James Harden. I know they have one of the best point guards of all time in Chris Paul. If they do follow the blueprint that you spoke to of maybe letting Chris Paul play a little bit less, rest him for that postseason, 
the only gamble is there is there are they going to win enough games to be the two seed i still think they will be the carmelo experiment's going to be interesting it's going to go one way or it's going to go the other it's either going to go really good and he's going to give them another scoring dimension that they didn't have with trevor ariza or he's just going to be a liability and defensively they're going to really lack that you know that lockdown guy and number one, it's the Golden State Warriors. Really? I don't really have to say that much about them. It's the best team in basketball with the addition of Boogie Cousins halfway through the season. You know, And, and he can take his time coming back. They're not going to need him. to to At this point for them, the regular season is just a formality. They're going to have games where they totally take the nights off, and, and who cares? They are dynamic, they're electric, they do everything, and by the time they get into the playoffs, they're going to be even better than they've been the last few years, barring any unforeseen crazy injury. Remember last year, Steph missed a lot of time, Clay missed some time too. Durant. Durant did as well. They're going to be okay. And, and even if one of those guys or all three of those guys go out, they're going to be, they're going to be totally fine. They've got, they're some, well. they've got some supporting cast guys back, including Iguodala and Livingston. So, yeah, that's eight through one for me. All right, so I will give you my eight through one here. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Hornets at number eight. Pelicans. Whatever they are, the New Orleans, the team in New Orleans is going to be number eight. Anthony Davis is too <laughs> talented to not make the playoffs. I am just going to take talent over anything else right now. I think this team just has too much talent on it in general to miss out on the playoffs as well. Number seven, I'm going with talent again here. I don't think it's a very good coach team, very well coached team. I don't think this team meshes very well together, but it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think Russell Westbrook carries them to a few extra wins that they don't really deserve. But again, Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, not the best player to play with. Paul George, though, will definitely help them win a few games that they shouldn't have as well. Number six for me is the breakout Denver Nuggets this year. They are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Number five for me, the San Antonio Spurs. Sean already said it. Lonnie Walker is going to be big. He didn't mention DeMar DeRozan. I think that guy is going to have a massive year, a top three all-team NBA type year, all-NBA, one of the top three teams. I think Pop really works hard with him, makes him feel like he belongs there, all that bullshit that you have to say about it, and he has a huge year. Number four, the Utah Jazz. I think that they're right there. Donovan Mitchell takes a big step forward. That team supporting cast, we've mentioned it a bunch of times, is right there. Great team defensively as well. Quinn Snyder's a really good head coach. Number three, I cannot believe you had them ranked as the number six team as the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron will not live with a team outside of the top five. I think this team figures it out, man. I think they figure Listen, it out. He has had the benefit of being in the Eastern Conference. LeBron is going to drag this, this team kicking and screaming to a number three seed. He's the greatest basketball player possibly of all time. I'm not going to get into that with you today. That's a pod in itself. I didn't invite that conversation. <laughs> number two is the Houston Rockets. I think this mellow experience uh, experiment works out pretty well for them and number one is the memphis grizzlies of course <laughs> just kidding it's the golden state warriors another corny joke can't get it anywhere else but we already talked about them enough that team is absolutely loaded that is like the barcelona dream team pretty much um so why don't we go western conference finals i have the golden state warriors and the houston rockets what say you I say the same. 
I do. Right. I, I really do. I think that this is a year. The only other two teams that I could see getting there are the Lakers and the Spurs. I don't think either one will. The Houston thing, lost past its window, man. I think last year was the year if they I were going to do it. I do, too. I mean, I think that this is going to be a year where LeBron, and I think he knew it going in, that this is not going to be a ready-made finals team and I know he said that when he went to Cleveland but he knew in the Eastern Conference he had a chance to do it that was before obviously the Sixers came about and and before the Celtics really hit their next window they were really not going up against anything other than a Toronto Raptors team that could that never won anything big so I think that he because of the competition out there in the West He's going to find it a little bit harder, but I think mentally he's already prepared for that. Well, I mean, I think mentally he's the best player ever to do something like that because looking back throughout his career, think about the awful teams that 2007 NBA Finals. Oh, I mean, come God, on. He dra- the second best player on that team was Zadrunas Elgalskis, maybe Larry Hughes. I mean, seriously, he dragged some terrible teams. And you can say that the Eastern Conference has been weakened over the past few years, but back then, the Eastern Conference might have been the better conference. You had the Boston Celtics, you had the Detroit Pistons, even the Orlando Magic making noise back then. Miami Heat. Yeah, absolutely. But we don't have to go too far into that. Why don't we do some individual awards be- before we crown our... I'll bury the lead here, although I'm sure you know <laughs> who we think is going to win the NBA title. Well, it's your number one seed Memphis Grizzlies, right? Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we go over some individual awards here, starting with Coach of the Year, working up to our MVP. Coach of the Year, he deserved it last year. It is my blood, my father, Brad Stevens, because he leads the Celtics to like 65 wins this year. Yeah, no, I actually totally agree with you. He got hosed last year for not winning it. For a guy that got the only fired. Other, yeah, the only other way that I could see something changing is if you get a team like an Orlando Magic that just comes out of nowhere and, and, and yeah. Steve Clifford wins it. But I just don't know how you can go against a team like like the Celtics where – you know, he is they are gonna finish with the probably the second or third best record in the entire NBA, if all things go right. And the way he has that team play and the style of basketball that he that he has is is just unparalleled. I mean, maybe only to Pop and and Pop is another I he's be always surprised a, if Pop they is had always the best a record this year, to be honest with no, you. No, I wouldn't either, especially if the Warriors know that they could take their foot control. off the gas pedal. Yeah, so I, I'm right there with you. I like your father a lot. I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my three fathers right there. That's my basketball dad. All right, so next I'm going to go defensive player of the year. I'm going to go Rudy Gobert in a repeat. I think he has a healthy year this year. He's going to lead with Donovan Mitchell, the Utah Jazz, to a, what is it, a four seed I have them ranked at. I believe you have them ranked at number three. I just think this guy is probably the best defensive player in the league, and it's not even close to all the things he can do. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad one. Truthfully, it, looking up and down as to, like, who's going to win Defensive Player of the Year and, and this, that. You going Frank Nielakina? No, <laughs> I'm not going Frank Nielakina. This might surprise you, but I think that the what he's going to have to do on this team is is something crazy, and I actually think it's going to be LeBron. Wow. I actually do, and, and, and here's why. I That team has a lot of question marks defensively, okay? And I think if he's going to will that team, I don't think he's – the MVP should always go to him because he makes – he is the single biggest difference maker on any team, period. Ever. But, yes. 
I don't think his NBA. I don't think he's gonna have an MVP year because I don't think his team's gonna be good enough. Mm-hmm. But I will say this: he's gonna have a year where he's gonna try to coach these young kids up and show them how to play championship level defense. And he's gonna lead by example and going out there and doing that where he can match up on a you bunch of different see it, guys. Bro. Did you watch Brandon Ingram in those preseason games? A hundred percent. He was an absolute animal, on right? And that's not plays, what he everything. was known for. No. So I think it's actually gonna be LeBron. It's not gonna be the most glamorous of the awards that he's ever won. Usually, Defensive Player of the Year goes to guys like a Rudy Gobert, who's Dennis not in Rodman, the league. Yeah, who's Draymond. not right? Who's never in the league? for or lead for another you know like an MVP or something usually not even the best player on their own team although but, MJ won defensive player of the but year that's what I'm times. saying and that's where I think that LeBron at this stage in his career he'll score his points he knows what to do I think that's the award, only award he's probably never won either yeah so I I think that it's going to be LeBron people are going to be like, oh wow what a what a shocker but I think outside the box not an MVP year for him but a defensive player of the year and I think that that's something that at this stage in his career might mean even a little bit more to him yeah absolutely um definitely on the, when he's trying to coach up those young guys as well Moving on, Rookie of the Year, I have Luka Doncic. I think this guy has a by far and beyond best Rookie of the Year type season. I think Bagley can give him a run out in Sacramento because he's just going to put up crazy numbers, but they're not going to win any games. And I think that Aiton can give him a run as well, but I just think there's too much talent around him for him to outshine those other players that much. I think Doncic is, I mean, listen, I've talked about him since the draft, since we were doing the draft preview and all that good stuff, even before that. I think this guy is going to show you why he should have been the number one pick in the draft and should have never been traded outside of number three. And I just think he has an incredible year. I think he probably averages close to to a double-double with assists and with, with points. So, I totally agree with you, but I'm not going to You're go going with, with DeAndre. Yeah. I actually am not. Whoa. Mr. Kevin Knox in New York. Oh, my God. And here's why. Dude, I, I got to put my pants back on. Well, Jeez. please do. This would become very uncomfortable <laughs> very fast. So, I love this kid. I thought he was the safest pick where he was taken because he can do everything and he's coming from Kentucky. Cal Perry, if nothing else, always has those guys prepared to come to the NBA. The other thing I love about Kevin Knox is this, and then I'll get into why I'm not choosing DeAndre Ayton. Kevin Knox is going to play a fuck ton of basketball, okay? And he's going to be the reason why people are watching New York Knicks games. With no Kristaps Porzingis, Kevin Knox is going to soon, you know, once he works out the kinks and and gets everything going, he's going to be the primary option for the New York Knicks because he can do everything on the floor. They're going to trade away, hard away. They're going to find a way to move Courtney Lee or at least put them in positions where they're less and less prominent. And it's going to be the Kevin Knox. I mean, everything is lining up for him to have as much potential and as much opportunity to show his skill set in which he has plenty of it. DeAndre Ayton to me is going to be at the end of the year, what everybody expects him to be as a player, but not initially. His style of, of play is so good, but there's so many. The difference between college and the pros is that a lot of guys in the pros can do what he does, and he's still so young. Physically, I want to see him be able to hold up during the entire case of an Not to play devil's advocate, but Kevin Knox is, was the youngest player in the draft, I believe. Yeah, but you know what? When you come from Kentucky, you're ready. I, I mean, it's not like he went. Yeah, you're it's right. not you're like right. he went to UCLA, even. You know, like he went to Kentucky. Calipari has those guys. His entire mantra of coaching is, 
you start as a freshman, you play as a freshman, you evolve as a freshman, as a player, as a as a young kid, and then you go pro. I mean, almost everybody that's come out of there has has had an immediate impact. Yep. I think Knox is that guy in the situation he's in is perfect for him. Yeah, I, Calipari, if, if, if Porzingis was on this team, I, I probably wouldn't say so. I think just the opportunity he, he's going to have at his disposal is second to none. Calipari, you know, and we're going to get into this in our college basketball little preview. Calipari, it's almost at the point now where he doesn't even care about winning a national championship. He cares more about getting as many lottery picks as he possibly can and having as many impact players immediately as he possibly can. It seems like he brags about that more than getting number one overall seeds and getting that national championship with Anthony Davis. He's at the draft, you know, it's like, these are my guys, my guys, my guys. Yep. So, I mean, you're right about that. The Calipari players are always ready to go in the NBA. So, so there you that go, should man. be exciting, man. Thank you for that one. I, I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't for you, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, it doesn't, but whatever. So moving on to the biggest award. So remember, this is a regular season award. This is voted on before the playoffs even start. Right. MVP. I have Kawhi Leonard winning the MVP. Wow. And I should have seen that coming. I have Kawhi Leonard winning the MVP, and my that kind of backs up my reasoning as to why this team is going to be the two seed because I think he drags this team to as many wins as he possibly can. The guy is in a the guy is in a contract year. He's going to play absolutely out of his mind to play for that max contract and make up some money that he lost from the San Antonio Spurs, and then he more importantly lost on that Air Jordan deal. They offered him no money. He's going to try and make that all up and more this year. He's going to be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. The the deeper analytics are going to support this as well because he is by far one of the most efficient players in the league. And I think he's going to have a 28-29 averaging, maybe even 30-point season this year. Wow. I think that Kawhi Leonard is going to drag them to a two-seed. I think Kyle Lowry is going to take more, even more than a backseat to him. It's going to be the Kawhi show out in Toronto. I think he's going to win the MVP. That's not saying I didn't even have them going to the Eastern Conference Finals because I think that at it's a that regular point, season award, like you said, it's a regular season award. He leads them to the two seed, but then listen, Kyle Lowry is going to have to play out of his mind in the playoffs. He's not even going to be able to do it, and that's why I have Philly going past them to the Eastern Conference Finals. But back to my MVP, I got Kawhi Leonard, and I think it's going to be a crazy comeback story for him. I like it, and I should have seen it coming the way you've been talking about him. I'm going to the other conference. And I'm going Donovan Mitchell. I think he is going to take that next step forward. Whoa! Yeah. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. Something in the back of my yeah. mind. Yeah. So he obviously was, you know, the talk of the town last year. And what he did in the postseason, I think, elevated his strata even higher. You know, there's something to be said for guys who come into the league and put up really good numbers. And then they, you know, they go into a little bit deeper in the postseason and they fizzle out. He actually got better. Yeah. Which is crazy. They were the three seed last year. I'm projecting them to be the third seed this year. And in a league and a conference that's star-studded with all the LeBron James MVPs, and you have the Steph Currys and the Kevin Durants and the James Hardens, I think this is the year that Mitchell solidifies himself as a top-five player in the league. And I think that that team is good. They're going to be seeded high. No, they are not going to be in the Western Conference Finals to no fault of his own. The Rockets are better, and obviously the Warriors are, are a juggernaut. But I think Donovan Mitchell does take that next step forward. We both 
you know, said his praise during the preview. What's there not to like? I think he's going to go off, and he is going to be the 2018-19 NBA MVP. All right, man. So I think that debate and that and the lead up to that is going to be a lot more fun than our lead up to our NBA champion. But we bury the lead here. We'll go ahead and pick our NBA champions. So just to recap, we had the let's recap over the Western Conference and then we'll go back to our um, our eventual NBA finals matchup. So in the Pacific Division, I had the Kings number five, Clippers number four, Phoenix number three, Lakers number two, Golden State number one. Yep. All right. I mean, that's the, uh, we were basically right there, right? Like I had you had these. I the had Suns just the flip flop of the Suns and the Clippers. I, I thought that the Clippers were a little bit better. I think the Suns will. Their ceiling is higher, but I, I don't think they're there yet. All right, so the Northwest Division, Minnesota in an absolute downfall. Number five, Portland number four, another team in a downfall. OKC sitting there in number three, two, Denver, number one, Utah. We were in we complete had that lockstep on yep, we that, had that one. The same. And then finally in the Southwest Division, I had number five, the Memphis Grizzlies, number four. I think we were the same on this one too. The Dallas Mavs, number three, the New New Orleans Orleans. Pelicans. There you go. Number two, the San Antonio Spurs, and number one, the Houston Rockets. Yes, sir. We're right there. All right. So finally, moving on to our NBA Finals matchup, we both had the Boston Celtics going to the NBA Finals playing the Golden State Warriors. In a barn burner, I have the Golden State Warriors winning the 2000 and what is it, 19 NBA championship? Yeah. Yeah, so do I. Uh, well, wow, that was that was huge. <laughs> All right. But I have it going 6. I actually do think that the Celtics I are a better matchup to to play them and give them a hard time than the just decimated only LeBron James filled Cleveland Cavaliers. I I do think that this could actually be a fun series. Knows this team pretty well. Oh yeah, and and it could be a really fun series. But with Boogie Cousins, I mean, I'm not picking against the Warriors. You're not either. You'd be stupid too. And what the cool thing about the NBA is, we a hundred percent know what's going to happen. But the ride and journey there will be so much fun. And like you said, like looking at the awards and looking at how the playoffs break down and the seedings and the storylines, I mean, it it really takes on another nature that no other league does. It's crazy how you can know exactly what's going to happen in each conference. You know, that's not how any other sport is, but yet it's so fun. Yeah, man, I'm in complete agreement with you there. There's no there's no other league where you know exactly what's going to happen, yet you continue to watch throughout the entire year. I mean, we said it all on our early pods, like, oh, congrats to the Golden State Warriors. And, of course, it happened, but the journey there was a lot of fun. So NBA season is a week and a half away. Had a lot of fun doing this. Um, excited to see what happens with the Jimmy Butler trade. And I guess go Knicks. Go Nets.